Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We've got a guest sitting on our couch. Finally, people on our couch. It yeah. feels feels nice to be somewhat normal again. Somewhat normal. It's I nice mean... to get out of the house again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. Were you in hiding? Were you in lockdown? <laughs> Pretty much. I've just gone to the grocery store and yeah. to see my girlfriend, but other uh, than that... I... You didn't take this as the opportunity to, like, you and the girlfriend to move in with each other for a little bit? Shack up? Well, we thought about it, but it's, it's complicated. I was going to say, imagine they hadn't talked about that. Way to make shit awkward right out, out know, of the gate, Mark. It happens. <laughs> it's going to make me awkward. It happens. It happens. Well, let's let's get this going. Hey, everyone. It's Amanda. We have James on our couch today to talk about some controversial stuff, I guess. Many of you have probably seen this being discussed online in different forums about a massage addicts partnership with Shoppers Drug Mart and medical cannabis. So we're talking today strictly opinion. You know, obviously some facts will come in here, but it's... it's well, some okay. opinion. Okay. So <laughs> let me give you a little bit of a background of what's happening here. So I know what you've been up to with uh, with your letter to Michael, the yeah. executive director of the RMTAO. I'll, I'll give you a moment on that to talk to us about what Massage Addicts up to. Because you work there, don't you? Right? I do. You're an employee. Well, I, I think I still do, but I'm not sure anymore. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, hard to know. <laughs> okay. So there's there's been this partnership that Massage Addict has put out on their webpage. And it's about cannabis and cannabis prescriptions and their affiliation with I believe a company called Hello MD, yeah. which is the company that will fill out a prescription. So in other words, they will do their analysis or assessment to determine, are you a candidate to have cannabis as, as a medication? And yeah. then... Uh, I believe it's if you're a member of Massage Addict, you can get your prescription filled at Shoppers Drug Mart, or you can also have a consultation with with their team yeah, if to determine. A, if you remember, you get ten percent off. You get ten percent off for the first, for three, first months. three months. Yeah, I know James has been uh, hardcore on this and not not a big fan of what's happening. And you wrote a letter to an open letter to uh, the executive director of the RMTAO, and that's when I reached out. I'm like, let's 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 have you on the pod. Podcast. Yeah. I also sat into a virtual meeting with one of the CBN's uh, community-based networks, uh, Southwestern Ontario Group, and they were talking about your letter. And so that kind of came up. Yeah. And that's why I was like, I definitely want to have James in. Then yesterday, or was it, I don't know, whatever day, someday, very recent, I'm like, let me get someone I think that- it ends with why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me get someone from Massage Addict. So I went hunting down. I purposely wanted owners, franchise owners, because yeah. what also came up in that CBN meeting was that several owners, especially the ones that were RMTs, were, were very adamant about, like, we don't want to be yes, involved in I've this. I've talked to several RMT owners and they have want nothing to do exactly. with it. Apparently, this was an opt-in thing. Okay. So then I went on the hunt for- owners who were not RMTs on LinkedIn to say, hey, I got a little podcast here. Would you like to be a guest and come in and talk about talk about some of this stuff? And so then one person actually got back to me and she's like, um, what exactly did you want to talk about? And I kind of gave her the idea. We just were, were doing a series on this, essentially. We wanted the opinion piece from RMTs and the RMT community, which right. I think is very important. Yep. We wanted someone who is an owner and that way they can give us the idea of what they want to happen here, what their desire is with this scenario, or what they even know about the whole thing. And then we wanted someone a little higher up on the chain to give us the scoop on what's going on. And so this person that was in contact with us, an owner, she was pretty much saying like, 
you should really talk to the CMTO and you should talk to the owners of Massage Addict. Like you need to, yeah. s- you don't want to spread misinformation on this. Yeah. And this was all over messaging on yeah. LinkedIn. Now do you understand why I said this is opinion? Yeah. <laughs> and then I responded. But I've got letters from some directors. So, so well, uh, well, this is, this is, so I responded to this particular owner. I said, well, Massage Addict has put this out on their webpage. So if there's more information, the rest of us don't know this. In other words, you've put information on your webpage that has now been made aware to therapists, to the general public, and then this is the information that we're using to make decisions on exactly. and opinions on yep. what you're doing. And you as an owner, you're telling me that, no, 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 there's more stuff. You should really go to the sources to find out. And my my, my thought on that was like, well, then why isn't this transparent? Why isn't it out there? So that in other words, is a she, very big word. She was saying essentially like, this is a bad idea. Do not do not do this. And I was like, this is a great idea because you guys, or Massage Act has put out this information in a very apparently, uh, according to this owner, apparently very limited amount of information and we've all formulated and are formulating opinions on it based on the information that we are given as is the public exactly Exactly. it's all about the public so now enter amanda and james so let me qualify this by saying this is not about whether medical marijuana is for use or consumption my daughter can only survive taking cbd every day she's got two cracked vertebrae so for her this is a necessity this isn't about my opinion or my feelings about whether it's effective or not, that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. This is about what it's what it's doing in to and for I, or with the profession. Okay, right. So I just make sure I put that right out there because it's my personal opinion on it is irrelevant. Okay. So well, let's just even get it out in the open. Everyone in this room is is pro medicinal cannabis use. Then yeah, cool. So anything Don't have that- to use it. But I'm not against it. Right. So anything anything that's being said here has nothing to do with that piece of it. Absolutely. Gotcha. Let's get that out there. I don't have a hate on for it. Well, let's start then at the beginning, James, when you found out about this and what's going on. So why don't you tell us, actually, you had started to tell us what the whole process is and what this means, what this partnership is, okay. and what you know. Okay. I got, a, I got an email from my owner. I work at the one out here in Scarborough. I'm supposed to. I don't know anymore. Who knows? Um, the, the emails from the 24th, so it must have been the 26th, whatever the dates were. He, he had had the letter for two days before he sent it out to us. And in that letter, he talked about – the letter was from head office talking about this whole program and all the things, um, how they see it, how they think this is a great idea and and all this. And that they're, they're very insistent that the RMT is not in any way supposed to talk about this or whatever. But if people ask – we're supposed to direct them to their website. Mm-hmm. To me, first, that's one of the biggest issues I have. Their website, the, meaning Massage the, the, Addict the, website. The, no, this, uh, well, either or that the or the Shoppers Drug Mart Got one, it. right? Okay. okay. So that's a real problem because that's against our standards. We're not allowed to recommend one specific thing. We're supposed to recommend people go talk to their doctor or their nurse practitioner or whatever their primary healthcare well, provider is. Sort of. It's, it's occluded, but it, yeah. it, it can be I mean, read that way. You can direct someone in a direction that you feel might be appropriate, but then you also have to give them alternatives. Absolutely. Right? You have to give someone alternatives. You can say like, this is where I've sent people before, or yeah. you know, I personally go here or whatever the case is, but then you also have to let them know there are other options for you and these are what some of your options are. Yeah. So the way this is, I started talking with the owner and I said that this is just wrong. There's lots of reasons why we aren't allowed to do this stuff. It's a it's a product we can't use. It's a product out of our scope. We've been directed from the CMTO 
to have nothing to do with this, you know, very specifically. So it's like, okay, so then I started putting pieces, of, I've been started talking with people and putting pieces of the puzzle together and realizing that part of the problem was is that they've already run a pilot program. They were running one in November in Barrie and in Winnipeg that nobody knew about. Like the, the lady who runs the, the Barrie uh, CBN had no idea this was even happening, right? So it's all been underhanded and it's all been uh, undercover and sliding under the radar and that's not that's not very that's not very ethical business wise and so the the questions then become is did the CMTO and the RMTAO know who know I don't know I haven't been able to get any answers from them as to what they knew about this like so it just kind of evolved into that to the point where it's like um what am I what are we going to do about this what can I do to stop this or at least make people aware that this is what's happening because for me this is just a slippery slope like i'm i made a comment on on a on a facebook post today i said pretty soon if this if this continues and pretty soon all the rmts in the province are going to be wearing sponsored sponsor decals you know we're just going to be a profession up for sale and that's how i see this because they're definitely just piggybacking on their main focus which is massage and covering it with well, cannabis and massage and shoppers, it's all just kind of the same now. So that's just kind of how this, this whole letter evolved. Okay. Let's start here. Yeah, go ahead. Based on what this program is, and so this program appears to be discounts for massage addict clients. Yes. For prescriptions. For referrals. For referrals. Yeah, if they if they get their prescription, so this is the part that's unclear. Like okay. Somehow they, there's a, the partnership is they're making money somehow. So we don't know. And, and one of the things that we're supposed to do in our, if we're selling a product, like selling a TheraBand or whatever, we're supposed mm-hmm. to disclose to the people that if you buy this from me, I'm making money from yeah, that, right? right? right so right. we have to disclose our investment in mm-hmm. in whatever okay. we're doing. So how are we supposed to know if we're recommending, well, I go to their website. And if that's, if somebody's making money on that, then now we're, we're put in a position of not knowing that, but still doing it. Okay. So let's, let's back this all yeah. up then. Let's first say that this is not a therapist thing, right? This is not a massage therapist that is, is directing someone for prescriptions or to to see if they're candidate for prescriptions it can go down the road of uh, in in the conversation in a massage room yes but on the surface and the way it's presented it really is independent of the individual massage therapist yeah and they're and massages massage addict has been very clear on that okay they keep writing it okay but it's like when i talk to other massage addicts they're already feeling the pressure because you know, the owner is starting to put pressure on them to okay. start because you know clearly somebody's making money. Yeah, so of course. If that's... The, the owner wouldn't be recommending it if they weren't making money off of it. Yeah, we're assuming so because that's that just seems like a natural thing that's going to happen. That's right? right. Right. Okay. So on the surface, from what has been written, and therefore what the general public would know if they visit a massage addict's website, and what another massage therapist would know if they visit a massage addict's website, is that all of this is really independent of the therapist. And and then this is where it gets to really strange territory, Mm -hmm. because I understand your being a champion for this whole thing 
if this is coming from therapists, right? But right. the idea is that massage addict is a separate entity from the therapists that work there. So I can the, understand that, yeah. Yeah. So then we're we're into this idea of it's like two steps removed. So I think I want to find out first off is where is your biggest problem with what massage addict is doing? Well, the biggest problem with all of this is the the way they've directly linked massage and medical cannabis. It, it's like it's the first thing on their website is come and see we have this great program running with Shoppers Drug Mart now. So they don't no longer see the the nice pictures with people getting massages, their first thing. Including a lot of the key words. You know, when you look at the cannabis program, it's, you know, do you suffer from chronic pain, stress, Absolutely. anxiety? It's all of the key words that people look at and when on, thinking about massage therapy. On every massage therapist mm-hmm. website, you're going to see the exact same words, okay. mm-hmm. right? And so by association, you're putting us into a conflict because we're not allowed to recommend this product, not allowed to use it. So, you know, people are going to come in eventually seeing this, well, can I use my CBD oil in here? Well, no, you can't, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, you know, people, the the, pers- the public perceives something very differently than what Massage Addict is putting out, right? Because, right? I mean, you, people barely know, understand what we do in the first place. So, this isn't really helping much. So, for me, it's all about the association itself. It's not, the business model is okay. I mean, if they had set up a separate entity, and like massage, uh, massage addict cannabis division, right? And then put it over there, way away, completely away from their their corporate push. I'd have no problem with it because it could be a complete separate entity mm-hmm. and still use the title. But they're 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 using the word massage and putting it directly with cannabis, and that's the biggest issue for me. Anyhow, so well, and the nature of the way, as you said, the way the general public views things is based on what they're seeing on this website. Absolutely. And it is so closely linked. And I know from being in practice for so long, my clients will always ask me my my thoughts on nutrition, on supplementation, yeah. on different yeah. types of medication. I've had clients ask Hi-oh. me about what I think about CBD. <laughs> you know, it's not it's nothing new. Yeah. And as we said at the beginning, I'm pro-cannabis. I have no yeah. issues with people yeah. using I it. I have no I, problem with it either. And, All my kids do it. I mean, just like it yeah, it, that's not a, a concern for me. I I guess I understand your frustration with the links, but again, as Mark said, on the surface, the thing is, massage addict isn't actually telling the therapist to endorse it, but then what you're saying is that sort of underneath the the corporate umbrella, the therapists are sort of being encouraged to endorse something that really we probably shouldn't Because be. they will be asked, right? And Of course they're going to be asked. It's right on the website, first page. It is. And it's like not, not all therapists have the experience that or the age that you and I have. You've been in this for a long time. If you were in that treatment room, you'd say, I can't talk about it, right? You would... Most of them are young, impressionable, have very, you know, they you come out of school with a basic understanding of their code of ethics, but really it's not on the test, so nobody really teaches it. Well, here's the thing. So there's a lot of places you can go to have an assessment to see if you are yeah. a candidate for medical Absolutely. cannabis. Sure. This partnership we, on the before. surface, on the website, says that it's a partnership with Massage Addicts and Shoppers Drug Mart. Yes, that's true. I'm putting in air quotes. But if you continue to go down the learn more, learn more, there's one specific place where they're sending you. I think it's when you hit the guest, get started. Right. Yeah. So there's one specific place where they're sending you to get a, assessed. So I guess that's the other problem you were mentioning, right. James, where it's, we can't say, okay, you're interested in cannabis. Go see this person. Right. I and what we're that. supposed to say is, go talk to your doctor. Go see um, your, your, yeah. 
your provider. So as long as massage addict, I guess, isn't telling their therapist, you know, send everybody to this particular place to get assessed, but they are, are they still crossing a line? They are because the I can't. They, they, there's pull up the email again. We're supposed to tell that we're supposed to direct them to the website. So the website directs them to shoppers. Right. The shoppers directs them to mm-hmm. the other so people. So this is so okay, okay. You're seeing that there's a couple of problems. One, that the association that's made with the idea of massage and any prescription drug, whether that's yeah, cannabis any, or any, any prescription. Else, we can't recommend any of them. And even though it's not a recommendation that's coming from the therapist or even coming from massage addict, you're saying just just the association that's on the website is deceiving. Absolutely. And therefore can it's be disingenuous. Can for be sure. very much purposefully put this way so it is misread. It was way. carefully crafted okay. by people who understand a bit about our scopes. Cool. And then now we're also saying that whether they're actually doing it or not, and I assume that they're not, the idea is we want our employees to always direct our clientele to our website, which ultimately puts you... Okay, so I get it. Totally get it. Right. So there's this chain of, you know, the people who do the assessment, yep. and then if you get your prescription filled right. at Shoppers Drug Mart, plus you have a massage addict membership, now you get 10% off your prescriptions for the next three months. Okay. So that... That whole chain is really like, you know, the doctor who refers all of his patients to his buddy's x-ray. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The exact same thing. Kickbacks are happening somewhere. We don't know where. Somebody's making money off Somebody's of Somebody's making they money. Be doing it. And because it's and it not the, the therapist, therapist, then technically they're in this ethical gray area where ethical. they haven't, yeah, they, they haven't, haven't technically crossed wrong, any lines. Really, right. essentially, because they're not having therapists do this and they're not directly asking therapists to do this mm-hmm. and therefore they are not yet not well we're assuming yeah. that well that i wouldn't assume happen. anything at this point let's just see how it plays out but i can promise you that there are going to be clinic owners who are going to you know you really need to start you know people are asking you really should start saying because the clinic owners have to be getting a piece of this definitely right? someone's getting something somewhere the partnership right? wouldn't exist otherwise unless there was something there. because exactly. why would you why would you as an owner of a massage addict franchise be promoting medicinal cannabis instead of massage therapy yeah unless so, you're getting something so, out of it so think of it like this this is the example i use so the three of us are sitting around we're having a couple of bottles of wine and we come up with an idea where we could start this massage clinic and we're going to put together um, a, a deal with uh, a vibrator company yep. because that they used to it used to be a medical device where mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. for hysteria and anxiety where they they had all the same words applied to those yep. we could technically do that mm-hmm. but how would that make the the massage profession appear nothing unethical or wrong about it it's just you're putting a layer that doesn't need to be there my mm-hmm. phone calls for happy endings would definitely increase absolutely <laughs> and we we avoid those for like like the plague for a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about an appearance. And right now, we have to see it that way because it hasn't been around long enough for the clinic owners to start putting pressure on these people that I'm aware of. I haven't been back to work yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know what what my owner is, is doing. But, you know, you, you got to know that these guys are making money doing this. They're something. Who knows? A, a buck, a referral? Who knows? I don't know. You know, because if they're, if they're getting 10% off, well – Somebody's making money on mm-hmm. that too. Right. And why shoppers? Like you could get medical grade marijuana just about anywhere. Yep. Right. You don't need to go to Shoppers Drug Mart to get it. Exactly. So why would I put them into contact? I've got four cannabis shops within a half a mile of where I live. Mm-hmm. So like I could recommend any of those, but I, I'm not allowed to do that. I can't send people somewhere where they're going to have one option for whatever they're needing. That's not, that's, that's completely against our standard. Their doctor can, but I can't. 
So it's up to their medical professional to do. And that's not us. I feel like really brilliant words are no, circling just, in your mind. <laughs> I'm slowly thinking about, okay, because I approach it from a couple of different things. First, mm-hmm. I, first off, I'm looking at, is massage addict actually doing something that is wrong? Are they doing something wrong here? Have they gone against some sort of standard that massage therapists have to abide by? Right, so- Are they in contravention of any of the healthcare law that a massage therapist has to abide by? Right. And I looked into that and technically they haven't done they haven't done they it. haven't done anything exactly. wrong in that sense so that's the this first isn't about this isn't about their business model exactly so so let's let's start here the very first, clearly the, the it, first step I don't is have a problem the with first the model step itself. is let's identify that they they're operating fully within the standards and they're not they're with, not they're within their legal limits let's yes. not let's not talk about the standards cuz they're different well at least from what we know they're not asking their therapists to do anything that would be in contravention of any college policy or any healthcare law associated with massage therapy as we know it right now. Yeah, well that's their statement, okay. right? But I honestly I don't trust them. Okay. So, okay. So they then been very yeah, I mean the college's the position on cannabis is exactly what James said in the beginning. If somebody asks you about it, we, we don't have to say like, "Oh, we can't talk about it whatever." Sure, it could be right for you, but that is not for me to say you need to speak to your yeah, doctor. Well, that's that's the college's that's position it. on on any medication period. Absolutely. Right, exactly. Right. So, as long as they're not telling their therapists you know, you should recommend medicinal cannabis to people. Then, like you said, we're not—they're not really so, doing so, anything. So, wrong. so, so that's that's kind of taken care of. Then, when it comes down to, because I think I think in your in your your letter you talked about the um, conflict of interest document. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the conflict of interest document, as you already kind of brought up, if a therapist is going to be selling products or recommending services to any of their patients or clients, and then they have a financial stake in it, then they need to make that patient aware that they they can right. profit off of that. Hundred percent. Because massage addict though is not. A therapist. There's nothing there for them to necessarily disclose to, to their their clientele that um, that there's you, some sort of kickback. If you read it, if you read it very carefully, mm-hmm. it's it says person or associated person. So l- legally, person or see this is where this is where it kind of gets weird for me. Person or yeah. associated person, but to me that 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 is someone who falls under the RHPA, not necessarily someone or an entity that doesn't fall under the yeah. RHPA. So this is this is the <laughs> this is the discussion, isn't it? Right, right? exactly. It uh, if the company that I'm working for is doing unethical practices and I keep working there, I'm going to be in trouble. Right, if they do something that that breaks the law, okay, I'm in trouble. Yeah, so it's not about me doing it personally. Okay, okay, like if I worked for you and you were ripping money off of client X, by association, if I know about it, if I say I know about it, then I'm complicit. Well, sort of yes and sort of no. In this scenario, I feel like healthcare is really, really different in that way. So, for example, if if my clinic, if if we are operating in my clinic and say something as simple as I have certain policies in my clinic that don't meet the RHPA, that don't meet the Massage Therapy Act, that don't meet college policies and positions. And I'm asking you as a therapist to do these things. Yeah. And you do them. The college doesn't give a shit about what me as the clinic owner has you do. The no, college, you're an autonomous the college, therapist. The college cares about you as a therapist. Right. So if we expand that out to massage addict and this whole thing, isn't isn't that the same parallel? 
that it comes down to you as a therapist and your actions as a therapist, not so much the umbrella company that doesn't have to adhere to these types of standards that you do. Yeah, you could see it that way, I guess. But I'm just trying to think of all of their yeah. all of the workarounds well, yeah, that, are, I understand. that have been yeah, in yeah. place. They've, yeah. they've probably thought all these things too, uh, because, like I said, it's very um, it's been very well put together. But there's it, it's there's there's it's, you you just can't see it. Um, they found they found what they think are loopholes in everything. Right. Right. So, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna open up the letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's okay. do that. What about before he gets the letter? What about the massage addict clinic massage addict clinic owners who are therapists? Yes. From what we understand from the ones we've spoken to amongst the three of us, yep. they have opted out. They don't want anything to do with it, probably because it's. It's not so much of a gray area for them because they are exactly. massage therapists. They're whole, regulated. I, I believe they would have to see this as a whole other story. It's it's not about it, – they are they are liable at this point. They yeah. are the therapist. They are the clinic owner and they are subject to the RHPA and all the other healthcare law right. versus you know a clinic owner that is not a regulated healthcare professional. That's a whole other story. Yeah, I think there's two problems here. One that James has already brought up being that this very tight association with medical cannabis and massage therapy isn't going to sit right with all therapists because it's like we said, it's basically saying it almost looks like us as regulated healthcare professionals are promoting this, whether we are intending to or not. The other problem being that if you work for a massage addict and you are young and impressionable and maybe don't fully understand uh, your role in as a healthcare provider and you think, okay, this is what the place I work for is doing. And so you don't see anything wrong with telling your clients, you know, go to the website, well, visit the website. Is- so you're you're sort of unintentionally and indirectly yep. sending people to Shoppers Drug Mart or yep. to this yep. particular me, place. Me, that, that's that, the problem. That to me would be the single biggest problem that you can actually pinpoint and say, because yep. mm, if you're if you're telling your employees, your independent contractors that if anyone ever inquires about our new program, which is the cannabis program, don't answer any questions, don't say anything, but direct them to our website. In other words, you're not giving them the opportunity to know anything other than what's on their website. That is the only, at least so far that we've uncovered, that is the only thing that I see to be the major problem before we get to the the kind of ethical Really, Really what the therapists have to be doing is saying, yeah, sure, massage addict, the corporation has this program, but also letting people know Talk to your doctor. Like, just yes. continue as the therapist to say, you need yes. to talk to your doctor and figure out what yeah. what makes sense for you. But just blindly referring everyone to the massage addict website, exactly. then yeah, then you're in a, an ethical gray area there because That's, you are actually then suggesting that they get assessed through this particular company. Exactly. They get their prescriptions with filled no at Shoppers Drug Mart with no alternatives. That is, so far, that is, that is the problem that I would see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, let's go to the conflict of interest thing. So- I'll read, I'll read what the letter they sent to me says about what we're supposed to do in clinic. Just and so this that is, I'm clear. This okay. is from Massage Addict. So this is from your employer. But this is the one they forwarded to me. So this is what office. was given to your employer. Yeah. And your employer made no amendments to it, just forwarded no, just straight forwarded off. just forwarded straight off to all of us. To all the staff, okay. Even with spelling mistakes. The question was, what are what are we supposed to do, right? What are, What is required, right? In clinic, in, in clinic, there's nothing in clinic and we do not want MA team members, owners, staff, or therapists discussing medical cannabis in any way, shape, or form. We have been clear about this from the start. Okay. If you are asked, you can simply refer clients to the website. So there it is right there. Right. right? So every RMT that gets this, that's the first thing they're told. Mm-hmm. Right. Or if not, you're not comfortable discussing it, just don't say anything. Okay. 
right? That it's entirely up to you how to do it. So, yeah, it's up to you, but their first preference is read the go to the, send them to the website. So right. that's where the conflict of interest comes in. So reading from the conflict of interest, and this is very clear. This is from the CMTO website. Conflict of interest can be potential, which is what we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Actual or perceived. So there's perception as well. So we already can think of many different ways where we're running into conflict of interests with kickbacks, mm-hmm. which we're not allowed to be a part of, but we would be because we're sending people to start that process. Yeah. So that's a problem. Um, where a reasonable person could conclude that the registrant's professional judgment may be compromised because we're told to send them to the website. People are just going to do that. Okay, that's fine, right? Uh, Then a conflict of interest exists. This is the case whether or not the individual's professional judgment is in fact compromised. Mm -hmm. So it just has to be perceived to be compromised. A A perceived or potential conflict can damage the trust that a client has in the registrant. And the the trust that the public has in the profession as much as an actual conflict of interest. And this is my entire case. This is my entire point. This association puts us in a perception of suddenly becoming promoters of something we're not even allowed to talk about or deal with. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the bottom line biggest issue I have with all of this, whether I agree with medical marijuana or not. It puts us in a position of promoting something that we're not allowed to promote. Makes sense to my brain. It, I mean, it, it does make sense. The, the association is there. And whether or not the three of us in this room actually think like, okay, that's linking it, The gen- what's the general public going to think? And if that's your entire case is based on what are what's the general public going to think, if you go on Massage Addict's website, the very first, first thing, thing you, you see, see is, is medical cannabis right for you? Click here, learn more. So, I mean, you're not wrong. It's, it's pretty clear as day there. And they're doing this nationwide. So let me ask you a question then. Is there a right way for them to do this? What would you yeah. think the right way well, would be? Well, the, the best way to do it was to create a, a shadow company. Mm-hmm. Massage Addict Cannabis Division. Okay. And remove it completely from what we do. And I would have no problem with that. And then it would look, it would appear completely different because there wouldn't be links to all the different massage clinics or wouldn't be any promotion of massage at all. Mm -hmm. Just we're here to facilitate this connection between us and Shoppers Drug Mart, blah, blah, blah. If you want to know more, click here. Okay. But I would never send anybody to that site. That would be up somehow they would have to promote it themselves right yeah and, see that, and that wouldn't profession. really work because the whole the whole um marketing gimmick here is if you're a massage addict member so if you Absolutely. regularly come for therapy yep. and you're a member then you can get this 10 percent discount and so these are the reasons th- why that's why the therapy, link exists and then this is why cannabis is great for you exactly right so right. there really wouldn't be the ability to separate the two even if they had a different division yeah. they're still going to be fundamentally it's still linked. going to be fundamentally linked no matter how or they would have to change their name all to right something so else. what have what have, what have you done and the sir? word ad cannabis like really come on <laughs> let's be real i thought about that actually yeah. really? what yeah. did you think when you heard well that? i just i thought the same thing like a place called massage addict is now pushing cannabis this is pretty funny mm. it's pretty it's, it's pretty fucking low there i got my swear word in less. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'll be dropping more F-bombs, I promise. (laughs) I'm trying to keep this professional. You came to the wrong place. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) I feel like there's going to be therapists who don't mind the distinction. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm just saying my own personal opinion, it 
it doesn't bother me, but I also don't work for massage addict. So, you know, I might yeah. have a different feeling if I did. It it doesn't necessarily bother me. But again, if you are a therapist that has worked for a massage addict for all these years, now suddenly this is there. Yeah, I and- talked to a lady last week, a few days ago, whose work she was she was at one of the first ones that ever opened. She was at opening day for mm-hmm. one of the first ones in Ontario. And she's horrified by this. She can't believe they've done this. Yeah, there's going to be people who feel that way. Yeah. And now you have no choice but in the public eye to be linked to medical cannabis. And if you didn't want to be, that's that's going to cause some problems. Mm-hmm. Right. And like I said, this isn't about whether I like it or not. This no. Is, this is just, no, this shouldn't be happening. So now you've, you've gotten contact with your massage addict owner? Yeah. Tell me this. Tell me the story here. How did well, this go? And how high up the chain did you did you get in we, contact uh, or we attempt started, to get we, in contact? We started talking about a bunch of things when the, the the return to work thing opened up, right? Okay. And him and I had a fairly healthy back and forth. I mean, I mean that's a whole other letter I have to write. Uh, the, 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 the way they've handled this, the return to work, is, but I don't want to talk about that right now. We have a whole other podcast on that. Yeah. Um, so, we, he hadn't talked to me for a couple of weeks, and then he sent me this uh, stuff, and and then I said, "Look, this is just wrong." And I gave, I basically talked to him about some of the stuff that I had put in my letter. Uh, just then, and then he said, "Well, I'm going to pass your name on to this this vice president in charge of operations." Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, that was on Monday, and he contacted me on last Friday, and uh, we set up a phone call for that afternoon. Mm-hmm. And, um, when we were texting, I asked him, like, is it would, you know, I would, I would prefer to have a, a video call and I would be wondering if you would let me record it. Mm-hmm. Now in Canada, I don't have to ask that question, but I'm on the call. I can record anything. We for, have, for audio. Yeah. Video, for, for audio. Video. I don't know. About, no, but, it's the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've talked to police officers and okay, okay. lawyers about this. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't have that restriction. If I'm on the call, I can As record long as it. you're involved, then yeah, you can but record I can't it, record yeah. a phone call between you exactly. two. I have to be on the call. Yeah. Cuz uh I did it more and I did it more for a test because if you don't want to see somebody, you don't want it recorded, then you're probably not going to be honest during it. Right, right. He doesn't want to go on record. Right. So, and so he never phoned. So after you inquired, can I record this? Everything was he, fine. He, he said, in, I'm, I'm not down with that. Everything. So everything was fine up until you wanted to record it. Yeah. Okay. So he, but he didn't say, I don't want to do the call. So I said, okay. I, I mean, had he just said no, I would have said, okay, I won't record it. Right. I would have been okay with that. But I said, no, that's fine. Uh, so at 2.30, I text him, okay, I'm ready to go. And then by 6.30, I realized that he wasn't calling. And uh, so he, my clinic owner texted me this morning and said, uh, well, I said, you know, he never phoned me. And uh, he said, well, the guy said that uh, he wanted to record the call. I said, well, that's my right as a Canadian. I can record the call yep. if I want. Yep. Well, I, don't even, I don't even have to warn you. I don't have to tell you. I don't have to tell him. I, I can, asked I him out of – uh, I courtesy. asked him. You gave him courtesy. Yeah, and I well, it wasn't even a courtesy. I said to him. I said to I said to my owner. I says, "This is a test. Yeah. If you don't want to record, if you don't want to record it, then you're probably hiding something, mm. or you don't want to go on record as having said something." Mm-hmm. So, I really honestly didn't expect him to phone me. Right. But but that's where that was left. And so he said, him and I had a, a bunch of discussion about that today. And uh, but so yeah, so. That's where they're at. So if that's the level of integrity that these these managers have, 
how how can anybody take take anything this company does seriously? Mm. Right? So this is you know, this is a vice president in charge of operations. This is a guy who rolled this program out probably. So if he does he wants to talk to me, I'm happy to talk, but Clearly, he doesn't want to go on record okay. of saying anything. So that went nowhere fast with Massage Addict. What did you put forward to the RMTAO? What was the communication with the RMTAO, and what was the messaging there on your end? Um, the, the the main thrust of it was we, we need this affiliation uh, stopped because we can't we can't be associated with any anything promoting one specific product. First of all, mm-hmm. let alone the fact that it's cannabis. I mean, I don't have a problem with cannabis. Right, right, right. It could have been, could anything. Have been anything else, and it right. would have been the same thing like, for you. But you know, it's like that association has to be broken mm-hmm. because it's gonna. Like I said before, we started is like if we allow this, and it seems like nobody. I haven't. I sent this out on Tuesday, and I haven't received an acknowledgement that anybody's even read it yet mm-hmm. from the RMTA or the CMTO. Right, so. You know, why not? We got the letter, thanks. We're looking into it. Nothing like that. Another thing to consider, a place like Massage Addict, this huge chain, this is this is a place that has huge influence when it comes to the way the public views the profession. Absolutely. It's, this is massage addict. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. People learn about massage very often through places like massage addict. So any other and, therapist. And they sponsor the RMTAO. So any other therapist who feels like this association is not something that is becoming of our profession, then probably should have an issue with this as well. So you're suggesting that the RMTAO was in the know of all this stuff from the- I don't know. I'm not saying that, okay. but what I'm saying is I'd be surprised if they didn't know. Right. Because how could they run a program with this without any contact with our association or our college? I'm curious as to their stance on stuff like this. Yeah. I'm, I'm very curious as to curious. why they do what they do sometimes. Yeah. I'm not oh, going to lie. Shit. So, for example, when we first started doing the podcast, I went out to Stony Creek and I did a podcast with the fellas from Soap Vault, the guys right. who created Soap Vault. And they were telling me, like, they've tried to have an affiliation with the RMTAO forever and the RMTAO wants no part of it because they already have, they're already doing stuff with Clinic Sense, right? Clinic Sense, whatever. Exactly. And they can't figure out, they're like, why can't you offer your members our discount? Like, why can't we be there too? And they just, they just can't figure out why. And based on that conversation, I'm like, I don't see, I don't see what the problem is Which is funny considering the standard we just talked about. (laughs) How do you pick only one? Right? Why can't they be sponsored by three or four? Exactly. Right. That was their. That was Soap Vault's points. Like, and I it's only it's just it's a benefit only, to your members. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not much of a conspiracy person, but yeah, it makes you scratch your head, going like, "What the fuck?" Well, and like you said, how would the RMTAO not know about this? They must know something. I mean, I don't know anything. Maybe they, maybe they are in the dark. But it seems like if Massage Addict is a sponsor of. RMTAO. Yeah. They must have known something. I'm most curious to find out what the CMTO would think about all of this because, like we said at the beginning, I think, technically they're not crossing any well, that's lines. The thing. I think that's where the CMTO can be like, yeah, what you, what you're doing as your, yeah. your your company is is kind of independent of what we yeah, want I our therapists to do. I honestly don't see this as a CMTO issue. It's not. It's but one of the people that I did send this to is the deputy minister of health, right? Because she was one of the people that he. Michael likes to say is a friend of his. Some it's one of the people he's I know a guy type person. Right? Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, so I sent this to her, and I got nothing from her office saying that they even got it yet. Um, 
So uh, the only uh, the only responses I've gotten were from Nova Scotia. Uh, there's two associations out there, and I know the lady who directs the smaller of the two. And uh, her and I were talking as I was writing this about it because mm-hmm. she's a friend of mine. And, Alicia, uh, yeah, Alicia, yeah. And uh, so she loves it. She's sending it everywhere she can think. And uh, I've and Manitoba, but I know Trisha because I was I was uh, I worked out there for mm-hmm. about a year and a half. And I know a lot of people out there and she's, she had already, they were already looking at it because like I said, they had the program running there in Winnipeg at one of the, one of the uh, things there. So, so they're already dealing with it at a board level. They don't, they're trying to figure out what exactly to do with it, but they don't have a college. So it's just their association is dealing with it. Exactly. Right. So. Are you in contact with any RMT colleagues that are currently working at Massage Addict? Have you heard any stories of how they've handled it? Have they had clients approach them about it? Um, I haven't talked to anybody that has had that happening, but this one, like I said, the lady that I was talking to, she hasn't gone back to work yet. Mm. A lot of the people that I know that work there haven't returned to work. So, so I, I haven't heard anything, but I know another lady in, uh, out in Sarnia who works there part time and she will not be even talking about it in a treatment room. She just hasn't, she's just, no, I'm not going to talk about it. If this program doesn't change and it stands the way it is right now, would you go back to massage at it? No. Just based on this alone, right? Just based this, the optics are wrong and it's just an, uh, it's an abuse of the massage profession. I, I, I will use that word. It's, it's like stamping their name on it and say, we're going to, we're going to have, we're going to tell you what your profession is going to look like in five years. Are we giving massage out of too much power when you say something like that? Well, I was just thinking that because there are a couple of clinics in Ontario that separate from the clinic, but they, they sell products and they sell cannabis products Yeah, that exists. So are they separate from the clinic? Though? It's, it's not Yeah, They don't sell it in the clinic. There's like a separate store, but it's the same owner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, well, this is a separate entity. Right. That's, that's what I was talking about. Massage addict could easily have done that. But they, yes, they're separate, but visually to the public, it's the same thing, you know, yeah. just as this is. And so are these other clinics that are selling cannabis products, are they doing something they're not supposed to? Are they I would are say, they yeah. pushing the boundaries? It depends on what they're doing in the clinic. If mm-hmm. they're telling you, well, go over to our store and buy this, then yeah, they, I would say it's the exact same thing, right? And then does it make it any more right just because an RMT is doing it? Like I said, we could set up a shop selling vibrators, and it would still be unethical. What are your thoughts on this? I'm, I'm wondering: Are we just giving massage out too much fucking too much power? Like maybe they hold such a small a small piece of the massage therapy industry in Ontario that who the fuck cares what they do? Do whatever you want, massage out. Are we giving it? I don't think it's a matter of giving. I think it's a matter of are they taking? They're taking whatever they can get, and it's like like they're not the only large corporate thing. Like we've got uh, is it LifeMark? Mm-hmm. Like how many? How many? LifeMark and LifeMark. Life LifeMark just, I think, recently purchased PT Health. Yeah, so that's all one entity now. So what's to stop them from setting up with some other company and saying, "Well, I want, we're going to promote this, and we're going to do the exact same setup." Well, who's to stop them if we can't stop them doing from doing this, right? So, like I said, how long before RMTs are wearing sponsor patches like the race car drivers? There's no way to stop that. How do you stop that unless this gets stopped now? Well, I mean, in in scenarios like that, there is college policy about endorsements that that can't happen, things like that. So there are there are yes. tools in place. Yeah. So this needs to fall under that. Yeah. 
I see where you're going with this. Well, that, yeah, and it's it is public perception. Like they found yeah. the loopholes, but public perception looks like we are. I say we because, like I said, I feel like a lot of the general public learns about massage therapy from places like Massage Absolutely. Addict because it's so huge. Yeah, and they're um, literally everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere. So. Does it look like massage therapists are endorsing medical cannabis? Yeah, the, a little bit. The name massage is in the fucking title. <laughs> it's massage addict. Such a weird go in. I'm going to go to Shoppers Drug Mart with my massage addict membership and get a discount on medical cannabis. Such a weird So the, the one of the reasons I'm not too con, not too convinced that the RMTAO is going to do, be doing anything about this in the near future uh, in October, on October 22nd, there's a day-long seminar. I think it's in Kitchener. Uh, Mr. Dillon and Mr. Faraday are going to be two of the keynote speakers. <laughs> and Mr. Faraday is going to be talking about three things that he sees the future of massage addict, or massage therapy being, the profession, yep. which is kind of ironic. I won't go into that. Um, but it's being sponsored by the chains. Massage addict, massage envy, hand in stone. So is there an association there? It looks pretty much like there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think they're ever going to speak out against this because they're a sponsor. See, I don't think the associations should have any sponsors at all. I don't think anything the associations do should have anything to do with a company. I agree. Absolutely not. They, but problem is, is we keep losing members <laughs> because of stupid shit they do. <laughs> it's such a vicious cycle. They do stupid shit. They lose members. They lose members. They need sponsors. They get more sponsors. They lose members. Yeah. It's, it's vicious. It's vicious. It's terrible. Is this enough to make you walk away from the RMTAO as well? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I don't know if you've followed what I've been writing the last few months, but uh, I'm not terribly impressed with the way they, they're being operated. But that's a whole other ball away. We can go there if you want. Yeah, let's go there. Um, I've, uh, the whole thing started for me May 1st with that. With that letter that Michael wrote. Do you want to let our listeners know, especially all of our U.S. listeners, like, what the fuck is an RMTAO? <laughs> what are yeah, they, they talking about? Registered Massage Therapy <laughs> Association of Ontario is our association. It's uh, it's our representative. The community, the College of Massage Therapy of Ontario is our regulatory body. The two are separate. Uh, the regulatory body protects the public. Uh, doesn't give a shit about the RMT, which it shouldn't. So anybody who keeps asking for money back is fucking wasting their time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Uh, uh, Thank you. The RMTAO is there to advocate for us to the college and to the ministry to promote uh, the things, the issues that we see. And in all of this, the thing that most of the RMTs want is the fucking HST removed, which will never fucking happen. Right. Stop fucking dreaming. Stop, stop sending me surveys. Yeah. <laughs> Especially asking me for income tax information. Yeah, there's no way in hell I'm giving you any information. That's right where I stopped money. the survey. I started the survey and yeah, I think the I third too. question You is, and everybody else. That's I, all I've says, seen is people yeah. are like, what? The no. I didn't, I didn't even hit start because Kristen said that it was going to require information from American taxes. Well, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not telling them something they already... I'm not giving <laughs> SurveyMonkey my tax information. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why am I giving that to a third party who I know is going to sell that information somewhere? Because yep. that's one of the things they do when you sign up for these places. Exactly. Anyway, so yeah, so that's, uh, but May 1st, Michael, our CEO and uh, executive director, whose only job as defined by the bylaws is to do the bidding of the board of directors. He wrote a letter to the, secre the deputy minister of health uh, insisting or implying heavily that um, the RMT community in Ontario wanted to return back to work in the first wave, right. which is bullshit. Uh, but 
apparently the people, the people, quote, quote, that he was listening to insisted that that's what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Where was your survey monkey then? Well, that's just it. He never, they never, he never contacted anybody, didn't ask anybody that question. Uh, he said he spoke, uh, another whole other issue is he speak, he's writing that he speaks for the 14,000 RMTs, which is bullshit. He re- represents the membership. And the membership is less, less than, than 7,000. about 6,500 yeah. as of last year. And so, that, that might even be including students. So, so he talks about, the, as soon as he writes that in the letter to the, the government, I go, no, stop misrepresenting your position. Right. So that, I mean, I got so many, I got so many letters I want to write. <laughs> but so the the whole idea, I when I did contact him about that letter, uh, he apparently what happened was he, he went out May first. I sent an email to Kristen saying that he'd sent this out. It was like eleven thirty on a Friday night. He, I saw it, and I sent it. To, I sent a copy of it to, to Kristen, the board, of, the chairman of the chair board chair for the RMTAO, and she literally spent that whole day Saturday trying to undo that. And um, I, I had a communication with Michael over that, and he said that he did this in, in, uh, in after uh, discussing it with the director of our operations, which is uh, Jill, at the RMTAO. And, it, and I said, well, you can't do that. You're, you're, you're supposed to get your advocacy from the board chair. Well, this is, well I, this, is what they, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. But that's not what the bylaws say. So again, this is a whole other ball of wax. Right. So you've got a you've got an executive director and a board that and a operations manager who aren't really doing what they're supposed to do, and they wonder why people have no confidence in them. So I know I know several like I can probably give you a list of between 150 and 200 people who are going to probably not renew in the fall mm. just because of that because letter. of that alone. Yeah, because that's it was a big issue, and he fucked it up. To be literal. Do you miss Andrew? I wasn't here long enough, but at least he didn't do shit like this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been I, I graduated in twenty fourteen, so I had him for a couple of years and then he disappeared. My guess is he got tired of pulling his hair out. So and I think he's doing something with uh, the CMTA. Could be. Yeah, I think he is actually. I think he's I think he's a board member there now. Well, there you go. It's probably a good place for him. So that's part of it. I mean, I, there's so many other things, but it's just what do you do when the, the people who are supposed to be advocating for us are advocating for other people, right? You, you call know? them out, sir. Well, that's, that's what, what you're I'm doing. trying to do. Yeah. He's doing it. He's writing all the letters. Yeah. This letter and I have no that... problem saying who I am, and they, I know he's going to hear this, and I've actually talked to him a little bit about this, so he knows how I feel about this, and so does Kristen. And uh, they've stopped basically communicating with me right now, so <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I tend to be a... Yeah, I tend to be a bit of a pit bull, speaking of bulls. <laughs> so the letter that originally got us interested to have this conversation, the letter that you wrote, yeah. um, I'm sorry if you already said this, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Has that letter already been sent? Have you had any? Oh, yeah. yeah and I sent it out to 17 different people. 17 different people. So, yeah. And so far, is there any discussion or are you still twiddling your thumbs and waiting to well, hear something? Apparently, there are people talking about it. But not like I know Manitoba has been dealing with it, like, but I knew Trisha would be on top of it. So I just included her just because I sent it to all the associations across the country and the colleges and then the deputy minister. So, but I've got nothing from any of those people and I've got nothing from our, our association or our college, not even an acknowledgement that they've received it. Right. So that's not looking good. 
the optics of that really suck shit. Why do you care so much? Why do I care so much? Yeah, there's 15,000 of us and you know what? There's probably 10,000 of us that just couldn't give a fuck about anything. They I just know. want to go to work, do their thing, make their money and go home. Why do you care so much? Why do I care so much? Because to me, I see this profession can be far better than it is. And I'm, I can't stand by and watch it be disassociated, disintegrated like this to a point where, like I said, we're going to be open to the highest bidder soon. And that, that shouldn't be happening. We're a healthcare professional. Mm. We shouldn't, we shouldn't have these issues. We shouldn't be beholden to a corporate entity to tell us how we're going to practice and what we're going to practice and how we're going to associate with things that we're not supposed to be associating with. We keep saying those words, not supposed to be, you know, we, we're very clear on what the CMTO would have to say about, like you said, any prescription medication. So you two in this room, regardless of your feelings about medical cannabis, if there are therapists, because we know there are therapists who like really heavily believe in this and they like the association, they feel like, you know, we're healthcare. This is, this is a very viable option for people with chronic pain and they want to be associated. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your thoughts there? Do you think that this should never, ever, ever, like the two should never cross, well, cross paths? We've been given a very clear directive from the CMTO. Forget the directive. Yeah. Let's just say that didn't exist. I mean, people Personally, do this shit all the time. It's just sometimes it's not with cannabis and it's, it's not a prescription drug. It's, it's as simple as an obus form back support, you know, right. or a cer- well, I guess certain that's, I guess that's cervical, why cervical pillow or an orthotic. It's I guess the same that's shit why I'm asking because, like I said at the beginning, your clients ask you about everything. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've heard therapists talking to their clients, whether they should or shouldn't be. I've heard, you know, things like magnesium come up in conversation. I've heard, you know, and yes, I understand that's not prescription. It's a little yep. bit different. Yep. But do now you think nutrition. ethically... Mm-hmm. That we should just always steer clear of cannabis because it is prescription, it is controlled, or do you think that you know therapists who want to have this association, yeah. they should be free to do so? Let me explain it to another way. Mark's an athletic therapist or a kinesiologist. Yes, sir. Right? Why can't he perform kinesiology work in his treatment room and call it that and use a massage therapy signature at the end of it? Yeah, I, I understand the scope. It's no different. It, whether you're talking about a medicine or a technique, I'm a per- I was a personal trainer. I could still do that work, and you know, someday some of the people that I see don't need my hands; they need to fucking move. Yeah, you know, but I'm supposed to do some work with them and all this stuff. And that's a whole that, that when I went through that whole tele- telehealth discussion, I learned an awful lot about massage therapy. And uh, people are shocked when I tell them we don't have to have to touch anybody, right? So people that don't know that I knew that, but it's like. We think of our, we think of what we do as our work of our hands, but they pay for my intelligence. They pay for my ability to reason Mm -hmm. and think Mm -hmm. things through and figure out what's going on with their body and help them through it. Yeah. And our scope of practice says nothing about actually having to put your hands on anybody. No, neither do our standards. Exactly. They say, if you're going to do this, this is how you have to do it. Exactly. It doesn't say you have to do it for 27 minutes. Because that was the biggest argument that I had with some people about telehealth. And and a bunch of people call me about advice for this. I'm like, listen, as long as you, and they want to do, say, like remedial exercise via telehealth. I said, as long as you have a well-documented treatment plan that includes remedial exercise, go for it. And then it shouldn't be a problem. It's not even that complicated. Did you read the Did you read the letter that I? I don't think I got that. I posted it on the RMTAO site. Uh, I I had a discussion with Jennifer Brennan. I think it was Bren, Brennan, our practice specialist, about that whole thing. And um, basically, what she said and what 
this has always been my understanding. As long as you're doing more than one or two things like standards that we're supposed to do, okay. like health history, intake, all these things. Intake, assessment, consent. Absolutely. You're good. As long as you're doing more than two of them. That was the number she gave me. And I'm okay with that because yeah. you're going to do more than two in any kind of a treatment. Of course. You, you don't, you're not required to do any hands-on assessment or anything. Yep. You, some people do, some people don't. Right. Some people just watch you. And I do most of my, I'm doing visually. Sometimes I'll like, I'll, do some range of motion just to get a better and, feel of what I'm seeing. And there's therapists that don't don't do any don't, assessments don't at do all. Any assessments yeah, at exactly. All. Within so, scope, so, so when they when they talk about telehealth, well, I'm just gonna, well, I can't. You know, you can't just give Remax. You have to go through. You have to update the health history form. You have to do notes. You have yep. to do. You have to, uh, you know, do all those other things. So if you've got 17 standards, we're easily in any any oh, telehealth sure. session. You can do seven or eight of them without even without even working hard. Yeah. So that's a that's a treatment. You can sign off on that. Yeah. Right, but people don't know that right. because they're taught to put people on these pillowed tables with dim lights and all that bullshit, and that's a treatment. Yeah, and there's always the discussion about, oh, there needs to be so much percentage of hands on. I'm like, no, I've never seen you, that. Yeah. Where did you guys get this stuff from? Like, you just ultimately have to go back. People, just go look at the legislation, go look at the standards, go yeah. look at all the documentation. None of that stuff is there. Yeah, right. So basically, what we're really what massive. we're saying here, like, I'm just bring it back to the whole yeah. cannabis thing, but I actually want to ask you about the telehealth thing in a minute too. Basically, what we're saying here is. Massage addict technically isn't doing anything wrong, no, isn't crossing not. any lines. No, the therapists have to themselves have to understand their own standards yes. and understand what they can and can't say. This yes. is all about But they should also understand what massage addict is asking them to do in the exactly. letter is conflict of interest. Right. right. Absolutely. They need to That's understand. That's what they that. need to understand. Yeah. And then the biggest problem that we have determined here is, is this association. Between. And really there I don't see a way of them breaking the association without just Forgetting this program altogether. And that would be okay with me. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it will, I mean, just people will see we're just a bunch of stoners, to be blunt. Well, Mark is a stoner, to be blunt. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I, I, I notice I use the word blunt. <laughs> I want to ask something. I, I don't I, do it because I'm asthmatic. I like breathing. So. Yeah, it's not good for you. No. The telehealth thing. Did I miss a discussion somewhere? Like, were there a therapist saying that we can't yep. offer to that? Was see the big the biggest problem is a lot of therapists they're not aware of what's in the standards. They're not aware of what's in the Massage Therapy Act. They're not aware of college policy and position yep. statements and all that kind of stuff. So then they don't know what to do. And then they start asking the CMTO all of this stuff. And then the CMTO, the practice specialist, has to give answers. Yep. And so then they start spilling in all these answers, which everyone takes as gold. Yep. But if you really just sit back and look at all of the all of the information is there for you, like, it's, all there. it's there. So at the yeah. beginning, is this do. like talking about the beginning of COVID where yes. there are therapists yes. who are yeah, trying work to work? This, I worked yes. this out with her by the... I had this done by the last week of March. Okay. Yeah, like I posted. It's like I said, it's in the files of the RMTAO site, uh, the Southwest site, and my site, and uh, I don't know, a couple others. So ultimately, then, did the practice specialist just say, like, no, forget it. You can't do no. telehealth appointments? No, March tw- the letter from March 25th had guidelines for telehealth. Okay. So it's not a thing that we can't do. You can do it as long as it's documented, as long as you're transparent about how the session went down, what the billing is, it was virtual, all the rest of it. And the bottom line is, be aware that insurance providers might not cover that as a massage therapist doing telehealth. That was the only restriction. Okay, that's, right? yeah, that's what I remember yeah, seeing. Yeah, yeah. But so you can it still doesn't say do you couldn't stuff. do it. But Just people got freaked out because like and, – and this is a whole other issue about fucking benefits, but I won't <laughs> go there today. 
but people get freaked out when people well people won't want to see me if I don't if they can't get their benefits well then you're doing something fucking wrong exactly I'm with you on this because yep. there was there's something that comes up all the time and uh, we spoke of an individual Don Dillon he's always talking I know about, Mr. Dillon quite and, well and he's always talking about relations with the insurers relations with the insurance and uh, insurers and how that's so important and I'm like I don't think it's so fucking important I mean there's so many industries that survive without this bullshit right I in fact and think I always, it hinders us a little bit because then there's so then there's the clients much, who say well so my insurance much. is going to give me $500 and so they want you to design a treatment plan for $500. Exactly. I'm like, yeah. exactly. you haven't been able to move your neck like, in 20 years but you want me to design a treatment plan for $500. Every, okay. every RMT has been conditioned to believe that they can't survive unless they have someone paying extended health care, right. which is bullshit. about through school. Look at the fitness industry. You're involved in the fitness industry. You were. You were. I was. Yeah. It's a thriving fucking industry and no one is paying for their shit for the most part. I mean, there's some places some that do. Some places do. There's but some, many. but it's so small. It's so small and that business thrives like crazy people pay out of fucking pocket for crazy shit like that they see the value of exactly it. or even everyone that has life coaching everyone that i know fucking has a life coach now right that's fucking thousands of dollars you're paying out of your pocket yeah. because you find value in this thing and massage therapists just need a fucking kick in the ass to say like you 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 that's you, me. you need that's to start my job so you do care all right that's what <laughs> i, I do get care it. you care a lot so <laughs> i do but everybody blocks me so it okay well matter. that's that's my next question <laughs> so you know you're misunderstood why do you think you're so misunderstood my friend because i'm uh, well first i mean i've got asperger's so i'm very blunt and i'm very direct i don't have a lot of time for bullshitty feeling shit because that doesn't do anything for me if i'm talking on a subject i want the facts i want to know what is true and if i'm wrong show me why i'm wrong don't tell me that you've hurt you have hurt feelings because i'm mean that doesn't really address my point tell me where i'm wrong and i'll i'll adjust but people get offended because, well, offending, being offended is more a reflection on you than it is on the one saying it. So if I tell you, you know, this is, you can't do this because of this, and you, you block me because you don't want to hear that, well, that's not my problem. It makes you look infantile. And that's like, that's like grade school way of dealing with a problem rather than maybe admitting, well, maybe I should look into this. Like, a lot of it, a lot of it is like I just say things the way they are. Like I, I tend most of my posts are quoting uh, a directive or a, a, a something, a standard or something, mm-hmm. and it's like those aren't my words. I didn't write them. I'm just copying what the I college says, copied and pasted. right? But they don't want to hear this shit, and then they get mad at me. And I say, well, like, what did I say wrong? Like, tell me what I'm wrong. I'm, You're not stroking egos. Well, that's just it. And if we've learned nothing. Since March the 15th, we've learned that this profession is full of a bunch of fucking egos. And it needs to come down a bit because we don't have the standing people think we do. And this this whole episode has showed us why. Because most, for the most part, we're not educated adequately. We're taught enough to pass an exam. And we don't know what the fucking things we can and can't do as a professional. And like you're saying, like people don't know what our code of ethics say. People don't know what the standards actually say because they're not taught because you need to know how to effleurage. They are taught. The problem is when you're a student in a massage therapy program, you don't give a shit about law and ethics class. Exactly. You don't give a fuck about it. Yeah. Like I've taught that class up and down over and over for eight fucking years and I've never had a group of students in front of me that was excited. Like I get excited about that shit. I've never yeah, had a so group of I. students that was excited about learning this stuff. And I'm like, this is the important shit. Effleuraging and learning you, how to cross fiber frictions ain't nothing. That this is the important shit. This is the important shit is also very 
very important. Like, I'm not disagreeing with you. We, of course, we learned oh, I all said of that, that all in school. The time. But yeah. I do know that the, I'm not trying to throw them under the bus because I liked I liked my instructor. But I know that the way that those courses were framed is like, sorry guys, oh, this is boring. We'll get back to treatments in three days, Absolutely like that kind not. of thing. No so way. it was framed as like we have to do this. And even to, I think one of our exams was even open book. Like it was kind of like we have to learn this, but you don't really need to know it's this ridiculous. kind of exactly. thing. So if that's the attitude from the instructors, and I bet he wasn't the only one framing it that way because RMTs themselves probably don't like teaching it. Yeah. Then yeah, you got a bunch of people coming out of school who yeah, I've heard what some people don't even know what RHPA stands for. You know what I mean? Like it didn't stick because it was never it was never drilled on us as yeah. this is important. This is important. And by the way, Parisa, you did a great job. <laughs> just saying, just want to put if it out there. If you're listening, you did fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as I said, I, I liked my instructor. I don't think <laughs> I don't think that he uh, that he intentionally you know made it less important. But if even your instructor is saying like, okay, we got to go through the law and ethics, then you're no. like, okay, brains turned off. I'm thinking about my physiology exam in three days. Yeah, yeah I I made a lot of people facepalm in my school in my class because I kept asking questions and they just wanted it to be over. But I wanted to you know. You were that guy, eh? I'm that guy. Yeah, <laughs> you're just sent, a misunderstood guy. Yeah, well, I just, you really I, are. I, I got to know. I've just got to know what, what that actually means because it's, it's, you know, I can recite it all, but I need to know what it means. And if you don't read for knowledge or for understanding, then you're not really learning. You're just passing a test. And when I talk to RMTs who don't understand that, you know, there is no requirement for you to even touch somebody. Well, what do you mean? Well, tell me where it says that. Well, that's my, te- I don't care what your teacher said. They're wrong. There is no standard that says 83% of your treatment has to be hands-on. There isn't one. It says this is what you can do. If you're going to do this, I don't drape many people because of the work I do. But when I do, I follow the standards. But most of the time, I never do because I'm doing a lot of mobilities and all kinds of shit like that. And I don't need to undress people to work on their shoulder. That's ridiculous. Well, it is. Again, it's the massage therapy, the registered massage therapist should be able to educate the general public. Like the general public. We're supposed to be the educators. Right, exactly. And the general public, yes, they would be confused. I know that when I first started, as Mark said, my background is in personal training. So when I first started as a massage therapist, um, Remex was has always been a huge part of my practice, but there were certain clients I worked with where, like you said, I didn't feel the need to touch them because that's not what they needed. So I had some clients that would come in for a 30 minute appointment and it was mostly mobility, Remex. And if I put my hands on them at all, it was more like assisting a movement. Like I wasn't actually, I didn't have any lotion. They weren't disrobing. I wasn't draping. And I remember two of them specifically saying to me, can you still bill this as a massage though? Like I want to put it through my insurance. And I was like, well, yeah, like this is still massage massage therapy treatment, but because that's not what people think about with massage, because I didn't have the lotion. Therapy is the manipulation of soft tissue. Exactly. I don't care if I, I don't have to touch you to manipulate your soft tissue. Sometimes I do, but most of the time I have no need to. Yeah. But again, we're supposed to be the professional in the room, but yeah. we've been we've been browbeaten by the spa industry as to what people expect. Well, I made sure That's to a take whole other issue, isn't it? <laughs> well, that comes up all the time. I'm sure it does. But I, I made sure to 
make sure those two clients knew that I wasn't being fraudulent in billing it as massage therapy because that's what and I explained to them, no, no, this is within my scope of practice. And just like sometimes you come in and we do a longer treatment and you get massage and then we do exercise. Today, we're just focusing on the exercise piece. We're not doing anything wrong. But I wanted to make sure they knew that, that I wasn't just like, oh, okay, we're doing exercise today and I'm calling it something else. Yeah. Your treatment plan is there to give you a framework of what you're doing. And like like Lee always says, is like if I say for 10 treatments, I'm going to be doing this and this and this, and then one treatment is all just exercise. That's absolutely fine. That's, that's my, fine. As long as, as, it's, documented, as, long as it's documented in your treatment plan. Exactly. It starts, to, it starts to stray from that when it's not a documented treatment plan. Right. right. So, and someone comes in and you are going to do therapeutic ultrasound on your knee and that's it or you're going to take them through movement stuff and that's it and it's there's not a documented massage therapy treatment plan of which these things are a part of that comes that comes down to another issue that you know how many therapists do we need to know that say uh, same as last week okay be right back i hear that all the time Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. is that part of the treatment plan i don't know do any does anybody like we're supposed to use these things do we actually do that I don't know. You're such a misunderstood guy. Online, you you come off very different, man. <laughs> Are you now realizing maybe he's not just a bully? But I, I don't know, but I <laughs> never but honestly. I'm one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. I never, I never thought you were a bully, but I know, I know of a bunch of people. If I mention I your I'm name, they just will roll their eyes and be like, "This fucking guy, right? You're you're just a misunderstood dude. Like he cares, and majority you're not of, saying anything that's fucking majority or wrong. of people who are willing to call people out for their shit or who are willing to say this is isn't right or the majority of people who are not just following the mainstream okay. yeah they are misunderstood and they are called bullies and they are called because but there's a difference in saying rmt's just... want fucking rainbows and unicorns <laughs> i want rainbows and unicorns how many posts on the rmta site start with i don't want any negative words like, well, then fucking don't post it. If, if you want an echo chamber, then create your own. You're just a misunderstood guy. I, I mean, like you just want, like you're not saying anything that's incorrect. You're not saying anything that's wrong. You you want the best for the profession, you know, and for, for whatever reason, sometimes it just doesn't translate like that. As we alluded to before, and I'm, you know, I'm not, well, cause try, I'm not trying to be mean to other therapists, but it's just human nature. A lot of people, I think, use forums and discussion boards either to get their ego stroked or just for validation. Oh, we definitely people know don't people want that discussion. Just, they just want to hear their own fucking no, voice. They don't. Well, exactly. That's and right. everybody takes a an alternate view instead of looking at it as a debate or you know a healthy discussion. It's always looked at as argumentative. Everybody gets their backs up, and then you can watch the conversation go where you realize nobody's actually reading each other's comments because oh, no. it's in it's going in circles. Yeah. It's I think this way. Well, I think this way. Well, I still think this way and i still think this way mm. what yeah. the fuck is the point what? if you can't engage in healthy back and forth don't even post yeah, one of the things one of the things i learned they want to do for entertainment years and years ago <laughs> is that when you're talking to somebody you're, you're not talking to their cognitive brain you're talking to their dissonance you're talking to the things they hold as true and the things they believe yep you are and correct so when you're having a discussion and you say you know that's not actually correct i'm Personally, if I'm personally attacking them, yep. right? They take it very personal. And I understand that. And that's why I try to, you know, I try to explain it, but they don't want to hear it because then they, they get their, their challenged as a, because it's so personal. It is really difficult to have a constructive, a constructive conversation with somebody who just wants their dissonance confirmed. Because that's what you're talking with. You're talking out of your dissonance. That's why most of the time when I say something, it's like I said, I'm just copying policy. 
because it's not my words. I didn't write them, but this is what it says. This is what you can and can't do. It's not me. Like, I don't ever take any of this personally. Like I, yeah. I, I understand people are, are reacting that way. So when I find out, like I, I talked to, I was talking on, there was a, uh, post, I think she put it up today about um, working as an RMT and then not working as a mm-hmm. an I RMT. That, yeah. I saw that one. I was uh, going to comment, yeah. but I I yeah. just can't. I understand. <laughs> but on, on there, on there, uh, Andrew Jones had made some comments. Like, I have a friend who feeds me some of these things because she knows, like, I don't see a lot of comments. I said, "Well, I don't, I don't see." He had he blocked me on a couple of years ago, <laughs> and uh, so I said, can somebody ask me to ask him to just unblock me? I mean, I, <laughs> so, but it, it's like, it, it, but the conversation is there's so many different nuances to it, all conversations, and a lot of times when you appear to be a hammer, it's not that I'm a hammer; it's just I'm attacking something that you hold very deeply as true. And nobody likes to be told they're they're believing a lie because we like to think we're you know we're intelligent sentient beings and we have a handle on truth when we really you know truth is far too subjective for that. Do you know how many debates wouldn't exist if everybody could just recognize that not everything is a personal attack? If everybody could just understand that just because you hold something, okay, so I'm going to take parenting as the best example. Ever since I became a mother, I realized. Don't say anything to any other mother. Even if you're yeah. trying to be helpful, even if they even if they have asked you for advice, don't tread yeah. lightly yeah, yeah. because nobody wants to hear that they've done something or nobody wants to feel like you might think they did something wrong. Yeah. Even if you're not saying they did something wrong, if you say like I did it this way, immediately you see people's defenses go up and they start telling you all the reasons they did it a different way. I don't care. You do you. They're your kids. I, like yeah. It doesn't affect me. Yeah. But this is how I did it. You asked me. I told you. But then they get defensive because me saying I did something a different way or I think differently yeah. then somehow is interpreted as you think I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. You think that I'm a bad mother. You think I'm parenting my children wrong. Like None of that came out of my mouth. You decided that. And that's the same thing I see on all of these RMT yeah, discussions. Sure. Hence why I don't. I don't. I You will never see my name. I'm a quiet observer because if I get into it, I... I think those groups are so funny. They, they make me laugh so hard because sometimes I throw tests out just to see how much you're either liked or you're not liked, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So like I'll throw... You're, you're hated in oh, I, oh, some I, places. Oh, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> you're hated in It doesn't in, bother me, but it's, it's hilarious <laughs> because like I'll throw something out into that group that's not necessarily related, but it's sort of related, but it is, but it isn't, but it isn't. And then every time I do that, I can always guarantee there's going to be this person, this person, this person saying, what does this have to do with the profession? What does this have to do with massage therapy so like i put in something about um uh what what was the last thing i put in there it was about the police powers right so how how personal information like uh positive covid tests have right. been made available to police fire ems and all that kind of stuff and i had people commenting like what does this have to do with our profession i'm like if you don't see the link of this and our profession right yeah. it, but it kills me but then yeah. someone else will throw the exact same type of thing and they get praised for it hilarious, right or i oh, throw yeah. in, i threw in something you throw in a meme you, you get don't attacked. you don't Somebody think else? I see that it's hilarious you get, I, threw, get I threw in a meme about how like gen xers are handling this covid thing awesome right and <laughs> what does this have to do with massage therapy this is more this is better for a personal post and then like two posts later was someone's nonsense about something that was completely non-massage but everybody therapy. loved it hey, but everyone loved you, it you, you want to you want to hilarious you, you want to get real here it's like <laughs> when i put out that telehealth 
thing. It was viewed by 37 people. And this is something that hundreds of people have been asking questions yeah, about, yeah, right? Yeah. 37 people, I had like 23 likes and a few comments. Mm. Uh, when I put my letter out, which is kind of important, I had about, f- I had like 40 likes or whatever. And I think it was viewed by about 60 people maybe. Yeah. But I had a couple of hundred comments, which is I was looking for comments. Uh, the last post on nail color had over 300 likes. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. So it's like, yeah, it's like some days it, it feels like you're bashing your head against the wall. <laughs> but I, I, I giggle because it's like- You have to. You have to. You can't take it seriously, yeah. but it doesn't make me care about it any less. Mm-hmm. What, I'm, what I, I say what I say because I actually care about this profession. The moral of the story is if you want your message to get out and you are- I get to you're not the, Yeah, you're not- <laughs> Well, that's what I do. You're not the winner of the popularity <laughs> yeah, contest. Yeah. Don't bother because nobody gives a shit. Yeah, well, that's what I do. I, I ask people, to, can you copy this? Because it's only going to be seen by about 60 people that haven't got me blocked. <laughs> Because what happens is they block in groups, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like- <laughs> That's why I love this platform. I mean, you can say anything you want about me on Facebook, but when we're rolling with like over 100,000 subscribers, it's like you, your, your small group doesn't mean much at the end of the day in terms yeah, of getting yeah, yeah. Our, our message out if we have a message to put out. Well, like I've said on many episodes, I, I don't get involved in much social media because it just hurts my brain. I just, I can't do it. It's fun but to But based on this conversation, you've stirred up some shit, eh? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. I'm good at it. I wonder. I'm, I wonder how many listens and likes this episode will get. No, I'm kidding. Because, because it's me, probably five. <laughs> it's really hard to say, to be honest with you. Like, we're definitely going to lose listeners because you were on. No offense, but that's going to happen. The same way we, we did our Black Lives Matters. Like, we lost listeners on that for sure. Yeah, people didn't like that. Whatever. Doesn't doesn't fucking matter. But this is a platform for everybody, or at least that's oh, what sure. we're trying to promote. We have people on who. We don't agree with them. We do not get confrontational with guests. Say what you want to say. We're just giving you the platform. We'll ask questions. We don't get confrontational with anyone. Well, I think it's poor taste to say, hey, do you want to come on our podcast? And all I'm going to do is fucking argue with you every two seconds. Yeah, no, we don't do that. That to me doesn't make sense, at least not on this type of platform. If you've got something interesting to say, which you do many things, come out. Let's say it. Let's talk about it. I've been debating since grade seven and I don't lose many. Mm. What were you doing before massage therapy, man? And why massage therapy? How far back do you want me to go? How far back do you want to go? Well, I graduated from high school in 1980, and uh, after that, I went to university. I was taking phys ed back before it was kinesiology, and uh, then I left that after about two semesters or four semesters, ended up traveling through Central America and all kinds of shit. Moved back to Winnipeg, got married, raised kids, moved to Kelowna. Two of my kids were born there, and then we moved back to Winnipeg. Left my wife, moved to Kenora, got went to massage school in 2012, uh, graduated in 14, and been. I've done so many things. I've worked in work with musicians, mm-hmm. worked as a musician. I've worked as a recording studios. I've built recording studios. I don't know, I've just done all kinds of things. So why massage? Yeah, why massage? Why massage? Yeah. Um, when I was living in Kenora, the lady I was with and I were doing CrossFit three or four times a week. And after a, a workout, she was putting a 25 pound dumbbell back and literally collapsed to the ground. And I, I had to literally carry her home. And, um, we started reading her something in her leg where her leg was numb and all kinds of stuff. And so we, I started Googling this stuff and we found a site on piriformis impingement by Eric Dalton. Mm-hmm. I read it. I, under, I understood because I, I, I understood this stuff. 
I understood what he was saying and the theory behind what he was saying. So I said, well, let me try this on you. So I stuck my elbow in and moved it around a bit and released, did something. And she stood up and walked around and it was fine. Hmm. At that time, I was working with computers, but I, I'm so tired of it. And so I went to school. And uh, so, the, I mean, I've always, I've coached basketball and other sports and I've worked with athletes all my life. So some of the stuff I've just always done, mm -hmm. I just haven't had names to put on any of it. Right. But, you know, none of this is rocket fucking science. Like you could take a weekend course and do what we do without all the background information. Using your hands is the easy part. Yep. Understanding how the body works is the tough part. And that's kind of what I have a real problem with some of the RMTs that I know. A lot of us don't take the time to learn how the body moves. If we understood how the body moves. Everything's easy. Everything's easy. Because right. Just they're focusing things. on the they're techniques, on which we're realizing doesn't matter. The technique yeah. is useless. You got to yeah. understand how the body's supposed to move and make it move that way. Mm -hmm. Whatever it takes, you just help. But anyway, the whole other theory. So, but that's, that's, that's my history. I mean, I've still got, I used to play, I used to have hair down to the, my waistline and played in a, in a, in a band and <laughs> traveled through central Okanagan and nice. did all that. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. Wasn't 2014 the year we drove to Kenora? No, it was 2012. The year that we, we well, drove that was to when Kenora. I was still there. We, uh, I have a very good friends who live in Winnipeg, but they've got a place in Kenora <laughs> and they got married at the yacht club. So nice. we, we drove there, which was a huge mistake. I don't driving, driving from, tr no, from Toronto no. to Kenora. I do that all the time. Driving doesn't bother me. I, I love it too. Exactly. I can drive for like 24 hours straight and I, I won't feel bad well, about Winnipeg it. Winnipeg is a 20, the 22 hour drive. I'll tell you what was awful about it. We've talked about this on the podcast before on the way He's home. He's just about to throw me under the bus. Oh, fuck yeah. On the, on the, <laughs> on the way, on the way home, we're probably. I don't know, just outside We're of Kenora. We're in Dryden. I'm, how far is Dryden? Dryden's the other like way. It's an, hour and a half, it's an hour and a half east of Kenora. So we're driving back, right, from Kenora. I'm about an hour and a half into the trip. I'm driving her car. I get pulled over for a speeding ticket. Nice. I'm like, okay, license insurance. I'm like, sure, can you give me your insurance, please? Insurance card is expired. You her car. And now I'm like, I don't want this ticket again. Like, if I get pulled over, I'm going to get this ticket every single time I fucking get a ticket. So now I'm sitting speed limit for the rest of the drive home. And that was that's what was torture about How it. How fast were you going? I wasn't probably going really fast. What was the speed limit? What was that? Probably it's 80 90. or 90? You, you, were, you were probably like going like 20 over okay. or something. A, a tip? Yeah. A, a tip from the OPP, because I used to know some OPP yeah, yeah, members yeah. up there. If you're doing 99, yeah. they will never stop you. Yeah, no, ever. I definitely wasn't doing that. Because the, 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 the meters it's aren't that 10. sensitive. Yeah, right. But if you're doing 100, they'll stop yep. you. Because they well, got gotcha. you. Because their they're, they're range is 10%, right? Yeah, my You're doing a buck 25, you're just, that's just stupid. Yeah, well, I was- They put, they I put those signs up there for the find for a reason. I wanted to get home. <laughs> yeah. Fucking guy, well, it, it's copper on his bike. Yeah, it's seven hours from here to Sault Ste. Marie. It's yeah. seven, it's seven yeah. hours from Sault Ste. Marie to Thunder Bay and seven hours to Winnipeg. Yeah. So I do that. I know where all the stops are. I know where all the gas stations yeah, are. Yeah. I know where all the bathrooms I love, are. I love the drives. Yeah, it's a beautiful. Going like, around the lake is spectacular. We even, like, this is how much we, we don't mind road trips. We used to drive it to PEI for long weekends. Yeah. We'd leave on a freaking Thursday, Friday we'd night. We'd leave Friday night when you finished work and we would drive <laughs> we through the drive. night. Yeah. And then and we'd end up there yeah. the next afternoon. And so we just yeah, wouldn't sleep, basically. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. like a 17 hour drive. So that's not bad. But yeah. Pretty cool. Interesting. Interesting. I dig it, man. So does that help? Does that make sense? Does any of that make 
clarify anything on you? Any other questions for me? No, like I said, I, I agree with you how the public's going to view it, whether or not it's a positive or negative thing. I guess that's for everybody to formulate their own opinion. But I yeah. do agree that it is going to be a challenge unless RMTs take the time to understand their role the in this and their role in the education and their standards. Absolutely. Because massage addict, that's not their job. It's not their no. job. It has They're to be the therapist. They're just taking advantage of a poorly educated workforce. I'm really... I'm really curious as to why that particular massage addict owner was like, you need to talk to the massage addict, like whoever she gave me their contact for, and you need to talk to the CMTO first before you do this podcast. Like, what information is she thinking? Or does she, she knew know? it was James that we invited. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> of course she did. But what information... My reputation precedes what, what information... I'm really a nice guy. I believe it. What information does, does she think... I love kids. I love animals. I'm, I don't hurt anybody. I'd be a Jane if I was really... I, I, I can't harm anybody. What information does she think is not there that would make such a big difference? I think that she is probably on the side of massage addict being that she's a non-therapist owner and that she thought we were basically going to turn the entire RMT community against this idea. And so she's saying, no, talk to them. And we are all educated enough, or at least in this room, we are all educated <laughs> enough to understand the business model, as James said, that's not what we have an issue with because no. they technically can do it. Can yeah, do it. They're not doing it. So wrong. I don't think there's any additional information that we don't know. Um, otherwise, they're being non-transparent, and that's weird. And why she would want us to talk to the CMTO is probably for the reasons we've already stated. That technically, if you read the standards, they're still not doing anything wrong. They're in this gray area. Yeah. We already know that. It's more about the perception, which is important. And yeah. there's going to be a lot of therapists who believe it is important. There's yeah. going to be a whole bunch who don't give a shit. But There are going to be those, yep. But there's a lot of that already. Most people, a lot of RMTs just don't give a shit, period. They just want to do what they want to do. Is this, this the last job you're going to have? Nope. Not at all. I'm already thinking about something else. So mm. I'm always morphing. In, in healthcare? No. No? I've had enough. Yeah, you're done. It's, um, it's sad, but I mean, I love the work. I just... I can't stand the profession at this point. Mm. Do you think if you removed yourself from the online space, you'd like it more? No. You don't feel like the online no, space takes you a little not bit? It's the, not the online space because apparently I'm the one causing all the problems up yeah, there. Yeah, but the so. online space also also really brings out every piece of the industry that you might not have seen before I if you're in your bubble. I don't think his problem is with a lot of the – I mean, I could be wrong. I'm speaking for you. But I'll tell you if you are. It, but – it's, it's not it's not really the people that are online because as you and I have said before it's the same people that are always well, chiming yeah. in on things right it's the same people. small group of people yeah. right it's the people that don't give a shit that are a bigger concern because if you're saying that this profession could be way better than it is then we need to be concerned about the people who don't care to learn anything who don't care to understand what's going on with the profession who just want to get their diploma and then go do whatever the fuck they want and they don't care if all they know is their hands-on techniques and they don't know what RHPA stands for. Those are the people that are probably more of a concern because our profession isn't going to get any better if majority of us don't care. Well, apathy is the thing that will destroy literally anything. Yeah. So if you've got 80% of a, just to throw a number out of RMTs, who all they want to do is collect benefits and will do whatever it takes to keep those people coming back to collect those benefits. Well, then you start sacrificing integrity and uh, professional integrity to you know doing health histories and all this other stuff we were talking about because they don't they don't care about it because it's the same thing they're going to do the same thing every time they see these people for the most part I'm not, I don't want to paint too broad a brush 
But yeah. for the most part, that's what people, that's what, like Mark said earlier, that's what people are taught. That's what people are focused on. And until that changes, it's going to be tough to change the perception of the entire industry because this seems to be the standard that they want to stay is like as low as you can go, like the low hanging fruit. Uh, and we have the ability because we spend so much time rather than a physio or a chiro, we actually have the time to dig deeper and ask better questions. I used to say this to my students all the time, put on the top of the board every time we were talking in, in clinic, I'd ask better questions. I worked at a school where it was the same group of people coming in every, the, it was a Tuesday morning clinic. So you have the same group of people and all of the same basic age right, group. Right, and I think right. you know what I'm talking about. And it, I read their notes and it's like, the same stuff every week. And so I would go around and I would say, so what did you ask them during their health history? What kind of questions? What kind of assessments? Well, we don't, we didn't really do anything because they just want this. Mm -hmm. Well, did you ask them? <laughs> Have you asked them what they really want? Well, no. Well, why don't you ask them? So and then uh, one, you know, all the, uh, I'd get all these ladies coming up after me and say, thank you. I've never had a massage like that before because they actually were doing something. Yeah. And it's not that difficult. And people love it when we actually take the time to do the work that we're trained to actually do because we can really make a difference in people's lives. And if that's not why you're in it, I don't want to pass a judgment, but if you're not really in it to actually take care of people, you have to question your motives because, yeah. you know, this is a healthcare profession. The care word, I mean, the care word is in there. That's kind of what it's supposed to be. It's interesting because I definitely have gotten those comments. And I think early in my career, that always made me feel good when people would say like, oh, nobody's ever asked me that before. Or nobody's ever taken the time to go through this many assessments. Or, you know, nobody's ever worked on that area of my I've body. I've never had a massage like this Right. Before. And so I used to get these comments and I thought it was a good thing. But really listening to it, should I be th taking this as a good thing? Or should I be thinking like, well, fuck, what is everybody else doing? <laughs> It's true. Because it's not like I'm doing anything that's anything magical or spectacular. It's what makes sense for what this client is presenting with in front of me. And some of, sometimes um, there are factions within the community. They look down on people that don't do it the way they do it. Well, why don't you do it the way we do it? Well, because I see it differently than mm -hmm. you do. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't necessarily bring people into a treatment room and then just put them on the table and slosh oil all over them. And I, I want to find out why they're sore, what's going on. Like it's, it, it, there's so many different aspects to pain. And the more like we were talking, you were talking about the, with the last little bit of conference, all these pain science things going on. There's so much more to pain than just a physical thing. Yep. And if we're not like, I'm not, saying we should be psychotherapists, but we need to be at least understanding how those dynamics play mm -hmm. into chronic care, chronic care and people that they just, they want to feel better, but they don't know what to ask for because they've got an image in their head that this is what massage is. So we have to be the professional. We have to ask the questions. What do you really want today? What is, what is your real goal? Mm -hmm. Like I had a guy had uh about six and a half, seven years, he'd struggled with frozen shoulder. He'd seen chiros and physios and surgeons and RMTs. And this is when I was working at a, a hand and stone. Uh, one of the guys there was, he'd treated him a few times, but hadn't really seen any results. So he said, well, why don't you go see this guy? Mm -hmm. And so he was probably about my age, a little younger. I'm 57. 
all he wanted to do was take his shirt off and put his shirt on without pain. So I said, okay, show me what you can do. So he picked his arm up and he could move it about 30, 30 degrees away from his body in a bit of a diagonal. He couldn't move it any higher than that. And I said, that's it? He says, yeah, after that, it just really starts to hurt. Okay. So I got him on the table and I told him to close his eyes. And I literally grabbed his arm and I just gently lifted it all the way up to his ear. And I said, now look where your arm is. He says, how the fuck did you do that? <laughs> I said, well, I moved it. <laughs> well, well, what, well, you're so used to your arm moving in pain. I had to show you that the joint isn't the problem. Because I don't know how long the, the joint had been free, but he was still thinking it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. So, I mean, I didn't get into the psychology of it. I just said, what we're going to do is I'm going to get you through this and we're going to, it's going to hurt like shit, but we're going to get, we're going to get you strong enough to move your shoulder again. So at the end of the first day, the first session, he was able to touch the back of his head for the first time in six and a half years. After the second session, he could grab his, uh, mark the back of his collar and never saw him again. Mm. Was I upset? No, because. Did I did what he wanted me to do. Yeah. So, did I do what I was supposed to do? I don't know. But I did what he asked me to do. And yeah. he was so happy to be able to put his shirt on. That's what we do. Why are you working at Hand in Stone? Why are you working at Massage Addict? Because I why? can't. I, it's why hard for me to stick around at a clinic because I challenge people. You you need to do this on your own. I, I That business is not my thing. Yeah. If it was, I'd probably be doing it. But it just it scares the shit out of me because I... Like we all, we all have our, our death, death zones in the head. Mm -hmm. Money is mine. Yeah. So it's just like you put a dollar sign in front of a bunch of numbers and my brain literally shuts off and I start to drool. <laughs> so, and I know that about myself. So. Well, it's good that you're aware. Yeah. So I might have to, but I really need a lot of support to do it. Mm. You need a good business partner. Make that I work. I do. Right on. It's been good. Thanks for coming by. Anything else you want to add to the mix here? No, I think, uh. I think this has been fun. very fun, very interesting conversation. Well, I appreciate you guys inviting me in because I don't have much of a voice anymore on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming in. Yeah, and for okay. anybody that's listening that can't see, we're all sitting at a safe distance away from each <laughs> other. Are. It's our first in-person interview. So, you know, we're keeping our distance. Yeah, and it's all good. Yeah. And my legs are long and everybody's away from me. <laughs> yeah. They're all long enough away. So, And nobody's coughing and sneezing or wheezing, so we're all good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> if I do, it's because I smoked much drugs. Oh, boy. <laughs> right on. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace. <laughs>